Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. All right, welcome in, and we are with you all the way up until midnight tonight. So a lot to get into. Franchi Cordero with another ridiculous performance. This guy, all he does is hit rockets. I mean, it's remarkable to see Franchi Cordero from where he was a year ago to where he is right now. Another nice outing from Josh Winkowski, who is filling in in this rotation with the injuries to both Nathan Avaldi and Garrett Whitlock. He looks like a major league pitcher. He's not the guy that's going to blow you away and strike you out of town, but he's a professional pitcher. And I'm not saying the stuff is exactly the same, but it does sort of remind me of Derek Lowe in a way where he gets a ton of ground ball outs. Not as much tonight, but the one thing that he really did, and I'll get into this in greater detail, is he got a lot of soft contact tonight, which is obviously major. If you're not going to be a strikeout pitcher, you got to be somebody that gets easy outs on the ground, which he does ordinarily, and generate a lot of soft contact unless that contact is on the ground. And he did both of those things tonight. And, oh, by the way, Chris Sale did throw an inning in Florida. So if you want to weigh in on any of that, it's on the table. 617-779-7937 is the number. So now if you look at Franchi Cordero in terms of this little streak that he's on where he now has a hit in five of his last six games, which now he is seven for his last 20, which is, what, 350. And then if you look at it just in terms of the contact he's making right now, it's absolutely ridiculous. So of the last 23 balls he's put in play, 12 of them have been hard hit. So let me do the math on that real quick. That's 52.2%. 52.2% of the balls that this guy is putting in play are hard hit. He's hitting absolute rockets. It's incredible. And tonight, think about this. 117 miles per hour, 117.9 to be exact, miles per hour off the bat on his single. Only two players in the entire sport this year have hit balls harder than that on the season. Those two players, Giancarlo Stanton, who basically owns every statistical measure on StatCast in terms of the hardest hit balls. Every year he has the hardest hit ball. He has the most hard hit balls in terms of like the highest. Rafael Devers has the most total hard hit balls on the season. Over 95 miles per hour on the bat. But in terms of the hardest hit balls, it's always Giancarlo Stanton and Shohei Otani. Those are the two guys this season that have hit a ball harder than Franchi Cordero did tonight. Now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. also hit one 117.9 miles an hour. But think about the company we're talking about. We're talking about three of the most powerful hitters in the sport. Giancarlo Stanton, Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and right in that mix is Franchi Cordero. 
unbelievable to think about this guy from a season ago that was basically completely overmatched. I mean, let's not dispute it. The guy was overmatched. He had no way last season to hit major league pitching. And he's talked about it on several occasions. The fact, well, not specifically talked about it, but he he has talked to people about it. Will Fleming talked to him about it, how he sort of changed his approach at the plate. And clearly that approach took. Now, the one interesting thing to me about how Franchi has sort of morphed into this really effective hitter. I'm not telling you that he's turned into one of the best hitters in the sport or anything along those lines. The numbers definitely would not indicate that. But part of the reason he's been really effective is he's been able to stick true to this approach. And if you look at it, he was in a situation where he was hitting the ball consistently for a good chunk of May. And then we got into the month of June and he went on a little bit of a cold streak. He went six games without a hit. And you're starting to think about it from this perspective. Okay, well, did the league kind of figure out Franchi Cordero? Because Cordero made an adjustment. He's a totally different hitter from the guy that he was a season ago. Did the league adjust to Franchi Cordero? And what we saw is Franchi Cordero, for lack of a better way to describe it, he made an adjustment to the adjustment. And now he's hit safely in five of his last six games. And it does feel like right now, part of what you're seeing with this Red Sox team is they have a lot more depth than they did a season ago. And the reason I bring that up is think about it right now. Kike Hernandez is on the shelf. He's still on the shelf dealing with this thing. And he was tracking pitches the other day. We don't know exactly when Kike Hernandez is going to come back. Now, Christian Arroyo is going to go on a rehab stint, if you will, as he makes his way back from COVID. Alex Cora said that in the pregame show. So Jeter Downs is up with the team. We'll get into him in greater detail later. I have no idea what the hell the guy's doing here. But anyway, getting back to my original point, think about this. Jaron Duran steps in tonight. And he goes two for three, and he reaches base safely three out of his four at-bats. Jaron Duran last season was not this type of player. It's very similar to we have the conversation about Franchi Cordero and sort of the adjustment that he's made. Well, Jaron Duran has made an adjustment as well. And limited sample size at the big league level this season, but 310, 394 on base percentage and a 517 slugging percentage. Jaron Duran last year was completely overmatched. I know he had a hit in his first at-bat against Garrett Cole, but after that, he was not the same player. He was not an effective hitter. He didn't look like a major league hitter. So you have Duran who comes up, and he's performing at a high level. Franchi Cordero has been pretty dependable throughout his time coming up when he came He came back up on, what, the 29th of April. And then you look at a guy like Bobby Dahlbeck, who Bobby Dahlbeck all of a sudden has been starting to hit the ball as well. Dahlbeck's been much more productive since Franchi Cordero got to call up to the big leagues, which it's kind of funny because the same thing happened to him last year, where last year, if you go back to Bobby Dahlbeck, when he really took off, it was after the trading deadline, after they had made that move to bring in a guy like Kyle Schwarber. That's when Bobby Dahlbeck really from August till the end of the season, you can make an argument that he was one of the hottest hitters in the sport. He had an OPS over 1000 in that particular section of the season. Now, obviously, He didn't really factor into the postseason much, but in totality, what we saw from Bobby Dahlbeck was a big reason that this team made the run that it did. I mean, you look at Bobby Dahlbeck now. He's hit safely in 10 of his last 12 games. During that stretch, he's 12 for 41, hitting 293 with three doubles and two bombs. So Dahlbeck's much better as of late. Now, he had an absolutely atrocious start to the season. Nobody's disputing that. But we've seen him in the month of June. He looks like a better hitter. Franchi Cordero can give you something off the, in terms of coming up from AAA. He's giving you something. 
Jaron Duran is now giving you quality at bats. We saw what Vasquez did in the month of May. Now, Vasquez was not good in April, and he sort of tailed off here in June. Now, he did hit the big home run, of course, yesterday, sack fly tonight. But overall, Vasquez has not been nearly as effective in June as he has in May. But maybe these last two days sort of get him going. But Vasquez got hot for an entire month where he hit well over 300. You think about Jackie Bradley Jr., yeah, he's 0 for 4 tonight. But he came into tonight hitting well over 300 at Fenway. In fact, he came into tonight hitting 313 at Fenway Park. So he's giving you something. Verdugo got hot for a little bit there, and he had another hit tonight. And then we know what Story did for that stretch. And I do think we got some signs of life from Story here. Story does get another hit tonight. But if you look at it now, four straight games are the hit for Story after really that ugly performance on Thursday night where he goes, or Thursday afternoon, I should say, that final game that they played against the A's that they lost. He was 0 for 5 in that game with the three strikeouts. And then you think about sort of the at-bats after that. Huge swing of the bat on Friday night where he singles the opposite way. You break that game open 3-1. to And then you think about yesterday with the home run and then tonight with a nice double. So now this is four consecutive games that Story has hit safely after really going cold for a while there after arguably being the hottest hitter in the sport for what, like a two-week span, American League Player of the Week and all that different type of stuff. So maybe this is a sign that Story's going to turn the corner here because Devers is going to remain hot. J.D. Martinez is going to remain hot. Now, J.D. was 0 for 10 entering tonight. He does get a hit early in this game to generate a run. So J.D. Martinez, not that I was concerned that he'd gone 0 for 10. It is kind of surprising, though, whenever you see J.D. Martinez have, like, at this particular point in time, go 0 for 10. It's just like, whoa, J.D.? Now, Bogarts was 0 for 4 tonight, but I felt like Bogarts over the weekend put together some good swings because if you look at Bogarts, he didn't really hit for power last month, and I equate some of that would have to be due to he was dealing with, we all know, some sort of shoulder issue. But if you look at Bogarts now in the month of June, he entered tonight hitting 390 with a 448 on base percentage, an OPS over 1,000, and a 559 slugging percentage. And you juxtapose that to what he did in May when he was dealing with that shoulder issue, 279. Okay, so the average is fine, but the power numbers weren't there, right? He slugged 452, 816 OPS. Not that that's atrocious, but think about what he's doing this month, a 559 slugging percentage and an OPS over 1,000. And you go back to what he did in April, he slugged 500, and the OPS was over 900, 919. So two months he's had an OPS over 900. In two months he's had a slugging percentage at 500 or above. I mean, this month at 559. And then the odd month mixed in the middle there was the month of May where he only slugged 452 and the OPS was at 816. So that indicates to me that that was a hitter that was clearly dealing with something as it pertains to that shoulder issue that he had in terms of we all saw it when it looked like he had some bad swings and it looked like he was uncomfortable at times. So it does feel like Bogarts from a health perspective has turned the corner. He had some bad at-bats tonight, but I'm not going to get overly concerned about one bad night for Bogarts considering what he's done already this month. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. Okay, so if you want to weigh in on Franchi Cordero's night, you certainly can. Chris Sale threw an inning today in Florida. What are your expectations for Chris Sale when he comes back? Because I felt Alex Gore said something very interesting about Chris Sale, and it has me feeling more optimistic about his return than I did previously. So we'll get into that. Plus, I do want to get into Josh Winkowski's outing as well because I believe this guy is a legitimate big league picture. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. But before we go any further, let's hear from the manager, Alex Gore. Yeah, like I said, the first one is, is always tough, right? This big league debut, knowing that we'll be back in Worcester 
in 24 hours. And uh, uh, it's, it's hard to, you know, one out in, you know, big is it's, it's hard to know who he is or what he's all about, but he's thrown the ball well lately. And uh, he's pounded the strike zone, good stuff. Secondary pitches are playing right now. Got some ground balls when we had to and uh, gave us enough today. I mean, with the walk and the stolen base right away, putting pressure on the position. Um, loved the 2-0 line drive the other way, drove the ball to right center. Yeah, he's, he's in a good place offensively. Uh, like I said, you know, compared to last year, much better. You know, last year, I know everybody got caught up on the home runs and all that, but no, man, that's, that's not who he is. He's a line drive hitter that will hit for occasional homers or power, whatever you want to call it. But uh, controlling the strikes and going the other way, putting pressure on the opposition, that's who he is. And uh, tonight he was, he was locked in he, from the get-go. You know, uh, got on base and put pressure on them. Yeah, I, I, you know what? He, he went through that streak in the West Coast, and I do believe, you know, we were talking about him dominating the strike zone. I think for a moment there, the strike zone was dominating him. You know, he was hesitant. And uh, the hitting group, you know, Pete and Louie and Rosie, they talked to him a little bit, kind of like, hey, yeah, your plan works. You know, what, what you did early on, it works. So, you know, go hunt your pitches, and if they're not where they are, they're supposed to be, just lay off of it. And uh, he's been more aggressive. And uh, he put some good swings on it, put the ball in play with that second and third and fill in against the lefty. That was huge, but, uh, you know, the second at bat, that was a missile to the pool side, you know, that, that, was, that was well hit. I know some of it might depend on Garrett, but what do you plan for Winkowski this next turn through? He'll make the next one in, uh, in Cleveland. Are you go with him? He'll, he'll make the next one in Cleveland, yeah. Between Winkowski, Durant, Cordero, Schreiber, those are all guys who were not on the roster. Rob. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how do you feel about Garrett? What you guys have been able to do with yeah, I mean, um, they, they've been great for us. Uh, good players, obviously. Like I always said, you know, that the roster and opening day is not the final puzzle, you know. Uh, the final puzzle is, you know, when, when you get that last out in October and you're the only one standing, right? You're going to make adjustments. You're going to keep adding and subtracting and making adjustments throughout uh, with different situations, especially now with, uh, obviously, with the virus, right? But uh, we've been able to maximize uh, our roster in a way that uh, we feel comfortable on a nightly basis to make some match and then do stuff that probably early on we were a little bit, you know, short. But uh, it feels now that we're in the flow of things. Uh, today you saw it, Strami, he gets the, you know, the switch hitters and whatever. Then we bring the righty for, for a tough righty there with Javi. And then Tanner did the job at the end. So uh, we're in a good place. We're in a good place as a team. I think we're in a good place as in the roster. And I think the, the, what Chad and, and the group is doing down there in Worcester, just preparing these guys to come up here and contribute, not survive, is, is what it's all about. And um, that group in AAA, you know, with Flo and Getty and Abby and, and Mo, they, they've been great for us. They, they're getting these guys, you know, to where we want to. All right, so that was the manager, Alex Gray, after the game. If you want to react to anything he said, you certainly can. Also, if you want to react to Chris Sale, 
getting an outing today, getting one inning down in Florida. And by the way, he did give up a run, but if you want to go on social media, you can see a nasty pitch he threw, a nasty slider to Wander Franco, hit him in the back of the foot, absolutely nasty, like vintage Chris Sale stuff. So Sale on the table, what do you expect from him when he comes back from this injury? As we're getting closer to that, you can actually feel that Chris Sale is going to be part of this team again, which I felt that was really cool the other day when all the guys were watching him throw. Oh, also, Winkowski on the table and Franchi Cordero's performance. 617-779-7937, the number, with you until midnight. And, of course, all, always on the table is the trading deadline. What do you want to see this team do as we approach the trading de- deadline? One other thing I wanted to mention real quickly tonight is Schreiber. Schreiber has been absolutely ridiculous for this team. And I know when he comes in tonight, he gives up the double to... Baez, but after that, he comes back and he strikes out green looking. And you got to love the energy with this guy. I mean, he just goes nuts after he strikes a guy out. And the same thing can be said about Trump. And you look at Triber now. Yesterday, he struck out the side of the eighth inning. Entering today, he had a 30.8% strikeout rate, which is a team best. He had an opponent's batting average of 125, also a team best. He had a 0.68 whip, a team best. So this is a really good find for this team to be able to pluck this guy out of basically nowhere. He had not been consistent whatsoever in his major league career, and we can clearly see that the stuff plays. He's sort of got that riser in terms of his four-seamer. He's got a nasty slider as well. And at one point tonight, he threw a ball 97 miles an hour. And I didn't know he had that. You knew he had 95, 96, but breaking out the 97 tonight. So it's definitely a weapon in that bullpen. And then you think about a guy like Strom, who's been pretty consistent for this team as it pertains to coming out of the bullpen this season. Had a little stretch there where he didn't look like the same guy for a little bit, but he definitely got it together, and he's been very effective for this team out of the bullpen pretty much all season long outside of that tiny stretch. But the same thing can be said about him. He struck out Reyes on a fastball that was inside, and he was going nuts on the mound now. Grossman did single on a changeup, but then he comes back. He gets Cabrera to ground out on a four-seamer, and that really should have been the end of the inning. Trevor Story, who's been great defensively at second base, they couldn't turn a double play there. He should have been out of the inning in that particular situation right there. That's what you want to do. You want to get the ground ball, but unfortunately that didn't happen, and then Triber comes on, and Triber does his thing, as we mentioned. But it does feel like now you got three guys that Cora unequivocally has faith in. That's Strom, that's Schreiber, and that's Tanner Houck at the back end. And then you have your sort of your question marks with this group. Now, I do feel like they do have some faith in Austin Davis. He was not good on Friday. And then, of course, Saturday, you can't really blame him too much for that one. He's out there to basically save the rest of the bullpen. But another thing to factor in with this team as it pertains to the bullpen is they are going to get Josh Taylor back at some point where he's still making his way back. He's been dealing with the back issue And he was one of the best left-on-left guys in the entire sport last season. So that's another factor in the bullpen. And then also the big thing, as we mentioned, Sale throwing the inning today. The big thing with that is when Sale comes back, it gives you the ability to put Garrett Whitlock back to the bullpen where he's been a way more effective pitcher this season. And I'm not saying that Garrett Whitlock can never be a good starter. And I'm not criticizing the Red Sox for putting him into the rotation because what else were they going to do? They were in a situation where they had Tanner Houck that couldn't go to Toronto. You had the situation with Rich Hill, Rich Hill rather, where unfortunately 
His father passed away. So you needed to use somebody in the rotation. You went to Garrett Whitlock. Like, I have no issue with that whatsoever. But now we're getting to a point where for the 2022 Red Sox, that may be the best thing for the 2024 Red Sox to give Garrett Whitlock more starts. But for the 2022 Red Sox, it feels like the best role for Garrett Whitlock. It doesn't feel like the best role I know for Garrett Whitlock is to go back into the bullpen when this rotation sort of stabilizes when you get a Chris Sale back. And Winkowski, you just heard Cora say it. He's going to get another opportunity here. And I'm awfully impressed with Winkowski. That guy knows how to pitch. And I get it. It's the A's and it's the Detroit Tigers. Both those teams suck. Two of the worst offenses. You can make the argument that Detroit is the worst offense in the sport. By runs per game, they are. They were the only team entering tonight averaging less than three runs per game. I mean, that is absolutely embarrassing. That's like going back to the 1960s or something along those lines. But you get my point is... I really feel like he gives you a professional outing. Now, I don't ever see that guy as a front end of the rotation guy just because he doesn't have the hit and miss stuff that we ordinarily see. But you see a lot of guys across the sport now, or it's very rare, I should see, say rather, to see a guy that gets as many ground balls. Now, he didn't do it as much tonight, but he got a ton of soft contact. But you don't see a guy that gets a ton of ground balls the way he does. The guy that comes to mind, I'm not comparing the players, but Framber Valdez leads Major League Baseball in ground ball rate. And launch angle, that's the type of guy that has been very productive and very good for that Astros team. And that's the hope that Winkowski can be a guy that consistently does that. And we've seen it now for two consecutive outings. Like I said, I'm not putting him into the Hall of Fame or anything along those lines. But I like what I see from Winkowski. Because this was the profile that he had at the minor league level. Ton of ground balls. Good stuff. Not going to overpower you. But the stuff is good enough to induce soft contact, which we saw tonight. And ground balls, which we saw in his last outing. 617-779-7937, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with Rob. He is in Sacramento, California. Rob, what's up, man? Uh, San Francisco, actually. Uh, oh, San Francisco. Uh, oh, geez. You're a Warriors fan? Yeah. No, I'm a Celtics fan, so oh. today was a tough day. The reason, yeah, that's why I was calling in. It was a nice day for the Sox to get a good win because it kind of helped me out a little bit. A lot of, you know, a lot of trash talk around here. And, I mean, I hope for a duck boat parade this year. Um, I, I didn't think that the Seas could beat the Warriors. I watch them a lot, but I was hoping, you know. Anyway, yeah. uh, nice win. Nice win for the Sox today, and it took my mind off the uh, <clears throat> NBA season. Anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Is that it? <laughs> All right, Rob, appreciate the call. You can grab his line if you'd like it at 617-779-7937. So just to go into some of the stuff, With Josh Winkowski. Oh, I almost forgot. This is what I was going to mention off the top here. So this is fascinating to me. This was a great night for High and Bloom. And I get it. It's just one night. But think about this. The two guys that he picked up in the Andrew Benintendi trade were basically the two best players for the Red Sox tonight. You had Josh Winkowski, who, of course, was the minor league pitcher that they got for Andrew Benintendi, and Franchi Cordero, where Franchi Cordero unequivocally had his best night as a Red Sox. Now, I know he hit the grand slam against Seattle like, and all that. I understand that. But in terms of just the wow factor, tonight was the wow factor. And that was a 448-foot bomb that he hit, of course. And Franchi now has the longest home run of the season for the Red Sox. And he, of course, has the hardest-hit ball of the Red Sox, which was tonight, 117.9 miles per hour. But the two guys that you got for Andrew Benintendi, Franchi Cordero, a big night. Josh Winkowski, a big night, of course, his third career start, his second career game where he actually factored into 
a Red Sox win, unlike the first game that he, of course, they lost that game. He was not sharp whatsoever against Baltimore. But I also do sort of agree with what Cora said in terms of, not sort of, I agree with him in terms of, that's a weird spot where he came up for the doubleheader and he knows he's going back to Worcester the next day. So there's already that pressure of knowing that this is your first major league opportunity. And then secondarily, there's the factor of, I'm going back to Worcester the next day. So I got to have a good performance here tonight because I'm going to be gone the next day. And look, that game too, remember Bogarts was out of the lineup. JD was out of the lineup. So it was going to be difficult to win that game, however you slice it. But that is a weird spot where you essentially know that you're going to be going down the next day and it's your major league debut. At least now he knows he has a little bit of a runway. And Corey even talked about it prior to the game that it really helped him being around the Michael Walkers of the world, et cetera, in between starts where you get used to it and you get into sort of your major league routine. So I thought he was really good tonight, but I did think it was funny to see the two guys that Bloom traded Andrew Benintendi for have really good performances. And the thing I wanted to mention about Winkowski tonight, so we go through the last time all the ground balls, where the ground ball rate was over 68%, which is ridiculous. I mean, the guy that leads Major League Baseball is Framber Valdez, and he's at 67%. So he, I get it, it's one start, but the dude was phenomenal as it pertains to inducing ground balls. But then you look at his performance tonight in terms of the average exit velocity, 86.8 miles per hour. That's really good. So just to put that into the proper context, there are only seven starters in Major League Baseball that have an average exit velocity lower than that. So we've kind of seen both things with Winkowski. In his first or in his second career start, I should say, it was the ground balls. And then in tonight's game, it was inducing a ton of soft contact. And one thing I'd point to, too, just when you look at, like, the ground balls that he was able to get tonight, when he needed a double play, he got one in that game as well. And now I'm not talking about the line-out double play, but he was able to get a double play when the Red Sox needed it, and he could have gotten another double play at one point during this game as well. So I was really impressed with the way that he sort of manipulated and maneuvered his way through the Tigers lineup. Now, the last inning, of course, not his best, but he was really able to cruise through this game. And the one thing I do appreciate, and this is just more aesthetics, is he works fast, man. And maybe some of that is the pitch clock at the minor league level that's been introduced because we do see a lot of these guys come up from the minor leagues and they work faster. So I guess the hope from sort of a broader, bigger, broader context is we'll see more and more pitchers come up this way because you don't ordinarily now see these guys come up from AAA and work slowly, which I can appreciate. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Wally. He's in Fall River. What's up, Wally? What's up, Brian? Picture perfect night, postcard night, Fenway. Uh, Poppy was there, Eck was there, Cowboy Kevin Millar, and Manny <laughs> was there. It was ve- very good night, perfect evening for baseball. But as far as Winkowski, I want to see him three or four more starts. Yeah. I mean, Oakland, you know, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm sure you are, too. Yeah, we got him again, I mean, Wally. Uh, Wally, Cora said after the game we're going to get him again against Cleveland. Right, so, you know, we get a tough road trip coming up. Then the real last is in July. 14 straight games against Tampa Bay, yep. who seems to be falling apart. And I don't know about Toronto. They haven't been playing good. But we must be close, or if not in that dead wild card spot. But uh, the Yankees won tonight. I mean, Derek Cole almost had a no-hitter. But uh, yeah. uh, Toronto, the White Sox, and, and uh, Tampa no, Bay. The Yankees won, though, Wally. Yeah, I know. So, well, that more or less helps us. Oh, you know? yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I have I a tough time doing that. Even I, like I understand you're, it's a valid point, right? We we honestly should be rooting for the Yankees to beat Tampa, right. but I have a difficult time doing that. Well, although I hate too, Tampa I, you know, too, I, I hate Tampa too. They irritate the hell out of me. Right, right. They're the one that started this business with the openers. They were too cheap to pay their starters, so they started all this baloney with openers. But uh, we must be in a wild card, that dead wild card spot now, because uh, Toronto's been losing a lot. I don't know about the White Sox. If they, uh, I don't know who they were playing tonight in Toronto. Oh, the White Sox blow. I, I was watching them last night. That right. team, they do not want to play for the manager either, Wally. Right, right. No, but uh, like I said, we're in a good position. But the acid test is going to be in July with them 14 oh, yeah. It's streak. a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. Right, it is. I mean, if we can come out of that 7-7, seven and seven, we'll be in good shape. But uh, Bloom, like I said, you want to criticize the guy, but uh, you think he's going to make a move for a reliever, at least one. Yes, but, I uh, agree with we, you on we, that. We seem to have stabilized the bullpen. You get Sale back, you can get five innings out of him. You'll be in good shape. And uh, like you said, he's going to, you know, you have Alkin in now, and you're going to have your setup man more or less uh, uh, set up. So uh, things are looking good, Brian. Yeah, Wally, I, I agree with you, and I appreciate the call, my friend. And by the way, but, in terms of that wild card situation, they do hop Tampa tonight. <laughs> I know it's early to be looking at the standings. But the Blue Jays have the top wild card spot. Cleveland, the Guardians, are, and the Red Sox are essentially tied. I mean, Cleveland has a slightly better winning percentage at 548, the Sox at 544, but they're right behind Cleveland there in terms of the wild card spot. I would be incredibly disappointed if this team doesn't get a wild card spot. I expect it to happen at this particular point in time based on the way that this team has completely turned their season around. They're 27 and 12 in their last 39. They were 10 and 19. They're 27 and 12. They're completely rolling. And one thing that I do want to get to is one of the strengths of this team that I, quite frankly, was not expecting. I'll get into that also. If you do want to weigh in on Chris Sale, what are your expectations for him this year? Are they higher than they were a year ago? Mine are. I'll tell you why in just a little bit here on EEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.